Hello, hello, hello. It's Big B here, and you know what that means. It's time for weekly football discussion with Alex. Before I bring in the Grandmaster himself, please subscribe, like, and share the uh, Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page where you can see all, all videos with Alex. And also check out the Big B podcast on Spotify and Apple. So joining us for this weekly football segment is the only only person I know who used Rashad Higgins in a catch game contest against me this weekend. Alps. Yeah, that didn't work out too too well for me. Nice little <laughs> zero point goose egg for me. You know, I was I had a lineup going. First of all, great to be back, Dylan, as always. But uh uh, I had I had a lineup going. Wanted to get a couple studs in there. Didn't have too much money left. I figured, hey, OJB's got uh, OBJ is gone. May as well try and throw some, throw another receiver in there for Cleveland. And uh, you know, Cleveland didn't do much throwing or really much of anything against New England. But you know, that didn't pay off for me. You got the dub on me this week. But there's always next week. I'm ready to come back, back and better. Just saying, uh, you should James Washington, Tyler Johnson will be a punt play wide receivers last week. Yeah, you know, I was, I was, you're right. I took an L on that one, but we live and we learn. Yeah, I used Justin Herbert last week in my cash games and was fuming. Yeah, Herbert didn't do much. Brady didn't do much for me. You know, it's just been a weird football season, man. I should have just used Josh Allen. I'm like, Josh Allen against the Jets or Dak Prescott against the Falcons. Like, Josh Allen was going to eat after Pooping his brushes against my jacks. Yeah, you know, I thought Brady was going to throw all over Washington. Then he throws two picks in the first quarter. I'm like, what's, what's going on with this guy? He's getting old. I think he's getting, I think Brady's getting young with age. It's just nobody can catch his football because he throws so dang hard. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's a weird NFL season, man. It's, 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 We've got some upsets. We got some injuries. We got a whole lot of stuff, and that's that's the beauty of the NFL. It's any it's any given Sunday. You never know. You can never really be too sure who's going to win and what's going to happen. So that's why we love this game. Yeah. Speaking of oddities, how about the San Francisco 49ers continuing their domination over the Los Angeles Rams, thirty-one to ten last night in Santa Clara. Yeah, I'll take uh, things I didn't see coming for 500, Alex, because <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers have not had the best of seasons, and the LA Rams have had some of the be- one of the best of seasons, especially for them. Um, you know, it's 31-10. It, it was, I mean, Debo Samuel had a day. He, uh, he and even Cooper Cup. I mean, Cooper Cup showed up last night. Couldn't get in the end zone, but. You know, he had, what, 120-plus yards receiving, 122, 122 receiving yards. I mean, that's a good day for Cooper Cup. You got your stars going, but it's just L.A. could not figure it out. Two interceptions by Stafford. Couldn't get the uh, – I know Henderson went uh, went out with a, a apparent concussion early in the game. He came back, but they just couldn't get the run game going. And um, credit to San Francisco and, and Kyle Sh- – Kyle, no, Kyle, yes – Kyle Shanahan for uh for putting one on Sean McVay because they they definitely got one over on him this week. Yeah, and by the way, speaking of Stafford, that's another bad game of following what happened the previous Sunday night against uh, Tennessee, where he threw a couple bad picks. I mean, he threw a pick six 
to Tennessee, and then Jimmy Ward returning an interception for a touchdown last night. So was this just a bad stretch of football for Matt Stafford because 26-41, 243, one touchdown, two picks. Is he just going through the uh, Patrick Mahomes interception phase or all the Rams struggling now without Robert Woods potentially? I mean, I don't necessarily think Robert Woods is is the reason why they've had some struggles lately, you know. I mean, ask Lions fans. Obviously, Matt, Matthew Stafford's a great quarterback, but he's never been, like, a perfect quarterback. I mean, he's I, – I mean, the Lions are were a, a, gar, a garbage fire of a franchise, and they pretty much always have been and maybe always will be at this point because they haven't turned it around yet. But, um, you know – great quarterbacks can make bad teams look better. And even though Matt Stafford is a really good quarterback, like he was, I don't think he was quite at that elite level. I mean, obviously there was a lot wrong in Detroit, but um, you know, he's, he, I, I'm not trying to knock Matt Stafford, Matt, Matthew Stafford. I'm just saying, you know, he's not, he's not, I wouldn't consider him one of the top tier elite quarterbacks. He's, he's in the very good to good range of quarterbacks, but you know, he's, he's not, a, he's not perfect. He's not going to be, um, running for any I, I don't know I'm just saying you know there, bad games can come out of Matt Stafford and it's not I don't think it's it should be necessarily unlikely to see him have a little a little bit of a bad stretch but I mean these, these Rams are a great coached football team they've got talent on both sides of the ball I really don't think it's a big concern they've got a big matchup against Green Bay next week which will be really interesting to see how they uh, come back from uh, this little poor little stretch of run they've got going but uh, I'm not too worried about the Rams. I think they'll be able to turn things around. Maybe the maybe the week 11 bye weeks the best thing that could happen for the Rams. Just get a week off, get everybody ready, figuring out figuring out what the offense will be without Woods, and maybe more importantly, figuring out how to use OBJ because <laughs> I think it's the OBJ curse. Yeah, I know. We were just talking about that. I mean. Uh, we saw what happened to the Giants after he uh, took that picture on the boat in Miami. And then obviously the uh, the Browns experiment had some ups, but a lot of downs. And, uh, you know, I, I was I was keeping up with the game and I saw he had a catch early. I'm like, all right. I mean, maybe Odell's got maybe he's in his, maybe he's in the spot he needs to be. And then all of a sudden there wasn't much more after that. And uh, there wasn't really much more for any of the uh LA Rams after that other than Cooper Cup picking up a bunch of yards but uh, yards don't necessarily win you football games so you know it could be OBJ you know like you said they're on by this week and that will definitely be a, it's perfect timing I mean you go in a two-game slide the best possible thing for you to happen have happen is a uh, is to go into a bye week and be able to reassess get some guys healthy um, and uh, you know get ready and have an extra week of preparation against the Packers because you know Green Bay is a great football team. They've been having a great year, and uh, it's going to be a hell of a matchup. And it'll be really nice to uh, it'll be really nice for the Rams to be coming in into that game uh, refreshed off the bye week. And how about Jimmy G? I mean, uh, maybe saving his job because well, I think a lot of people want San Francisco to use Trey Lance, but a Jimmy G. I mean, not throwing much, fifteen and nineteen, but being efficient. And uh, finding Debo Samuel, <laughs> find find me two better uh, two better receivers in a division than 
Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel this year. If you drafted those guys in fantasy, oh boy. Yeah, I mean, Debo's have been having a great year. I mean, a lot of people that I was seeing were pretty high on Brandon Ayuk this year, you know, thinking that he might come into his own, and he has been pretty much a, a, at least a fantasy bust as, as the year's gone by. But, yeah, no, Debo Samuel's been having an absolutely amazing year. He had, what, more than half of Garoppolo's total yards uh, receiving or throw. He had more than half of uh, Garoppolo's passing yards uh, Debo did. I mean, he five for 97, the touchdown. He had the nice 40 yard game, uh, 40 yard play. I mean, it's, it's, it, they've got pieces. San Francisco's got pieces. And it's just a matter of putting it all together. And, and it worked out for them last, last night. I mean, you've got, you got 91 yards rushing from Elijah Mitchell. That's, that's a solid outing for him. I mean, even Debo Samuel ran for, ran for 36 yards. I mean, it just seemed like the pieces came into play last night. Obviously, the defense made a couple big plays, taking a, taking a pick to the house. And uh, it just seemed like, you know, San Francisco was ready to play. And uh, the LA Rams weren't, weren't as much. But, you know, like we said, I mean, that's, that's, that's the NFL, man. You got you to gotta prepare for every game. And you got to be ready for every game. And if you if you're lacking in any sort of preparation or, or or game day, you know, ability, then you might you're going to take the L that week. And it doesn't matter who you're playing. I mean, that there, there's not a bad NFL play. There's not a bad football player in the NFL. Every single player in the NFL has gotten to the NFL, and that alone means that they're not a bad player. So you're playing against good players every single week. It's just a matter of who's ready for Sunday. And uh, San Francisco is ready more than the Rams were. Speaking of teams being uh, more ready for uh, their Sunday than, the, than their opponent, how about the New England Patriots putting up 45 points on the Cleveland Browns? I mean, nothing seemed to go – nothing seemed to be working for Cleveland uh, on Sunday. I guess, I guess uh, Cleveland forgot it's uh, Dunkin' Donuts before the game on Sunday. <laughs> Because that, I, I did not see that game coming. I mean, that game was one-way traffic the whole afternoon. Yeah. I thought the Cleveland Browns actually came in that game with a realistic chance of winning. And that game was over in the second quarter. Holy crap. Yeah. I mean, the New England Patriots laid a whoop into the Browns. And we talk about – and. Everyone mentions Cleveland's offense line. New England's had a dang good offense line itself. Ran 484 yards. I mean, yeah. everybody looked at Deion Johnson as the waiver move, move of the year. Last week, uh, I think they forgot about the other running back in this game, uh, Mr. Stevenson, who piled up the yards and the who piled up the yards and the touchdowns. 20 carries up. 400 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, he and he did that on my bench in a couple of fantasy leagues because I picked him up, but I, I, I made the, uh, the poor decision not to start him in two leagues, I think. But no, I mean, it was, it was like you said, it was a clinic from New England, from New England from start to finish. I mean, Austin Hooper got that early touchdown, and I don't think, I don't think Browns fans thought that that was going to be the only points they scored on the day, but it sure was. I mean, I'm, it, it you know, obviously, Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick. I mean, he's 
he, he's going to get his team ready. But yesterday or Sunday, I mean, was I think more less on Bill Belichick, but more on just his players making plays. I mean, Mac Jones controlled the game. He didn't have to do a whole lot, but I mean, he did a good job of doing doing his job and doing what he was asked to do and what he needed to do. I mean, 19 of 23, 198 yards, not great numbers, but I mean, the three touchdowns, I mean, it's it, it's a day that I mean, it's it only four incomplete passes on a day. You got to be happy with that. It, they, and they didn't need to throw the ball that much with uh, Stevenson running for 100 or 100 yards. But, you know, it, uh, and they even pulled him for Brian Hoyer, Hoyer late in the game. So, I mean, the New England Patriots just did what they needed to do. They moved the ball in the air. They moved the ball on the ground. And uh, they did not let Cleveland really do anything. I mean, like you said, uh, I mean, DeAndre Johnson had a decent game. He had one less carry than Stevenson and one less yard for Stevenson. The big difference was he didn't have the two touchdowns. So, you know, obviously uh, Cleveland, I mean, that was, I was, uh, that was a shootout going into that game. I, 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 I was, I thought Cleveland was going to be able to, to win that game. I even picked them in my pick on, which bit me in the butt, but uh, you know, New England, New England came to play and they took the win. I must say this because it pains me to say this with having a rookie quarterback in Jacksonville. I think Mac Jones has played better than any rookie quarterback so far. Now the question is what will happen when teams get more footage because we know we knew Jones would play well this year because King is a really small quarterback can pick up an offense can pick up an offense. Right. And uh, with New England's offensive line and 15, 15 running backs, seemingly, we knew Mac would be be well equipped for a, for a very efficient year. But I didn't think he played this well. Yeah, I mean, I mean he outplayed he outplayed Baker Mayfield, which yeah, is by, becoming easier to do by the week. Right. But we but we have to give a special shout out. We have to give a special shout out to one man who we have been continuously roasting on every episode of this show, it seems like. But he finally came through. Ah, roll, no, 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 Mr. Mr. Touchdown himself, Jacoby Myers, <laughs> finally found the end zone. And I just, you know, we have to give him a shout out because I don't think he'll ever hear it, but, you know, We've been we've been slamming this man for not being able to find the end zone all season. And did you see that touchdown? Did you see how he dove into that end zone? He was so ready to, to finally get into the end zone for the first time. So, you know. I guarantee you he knew he had not scored an NFL touchdown. Well, now he is off the mark and watch this. Jacoby Myers is going to score like eight touchdowns the rest. Rest. Nah, that's going to be his only one of the year. We're, we're all going to get hyped on Jacoby Myers. Everyone's going to pick him up because I'm sure a lot of people have dropped him because he couldn't find the end zone. Everyone's going to pick him up, and it's going to be the only one he scores all year. <laughs> yeah, watch this. Everybody will, like, captain him on Thursday night against the Falcons, and it'll go, like, three for 40 with two touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. That's good. <laughs> but I had to give a special shout-out to him because I feel like we've uh, – We've had our fair share of roasting him throughout the weeks of the season, but you know, it took him 10 weeks, but he finally got, he finally got there. And uh, how about maybe the, uh, I don't know what to call this game. The best game, oddest, strangest game of the week 10 slate. 
the Detroit Lions and Pittsburgh Steelers tie-in 16-16. Yeah, I definitely don't think we can call that the best game, Dylan. Uh, strange as possibly, I might even call it the worst because I don't think I've seen in a very long time two football teams trying as hard as it seemed like those two teams were trying to not win that game. I mean, whether it was the fumble with 10 seconds left in overtime for the Steelers, the absolutely god-awful field goal attempt by the Lions. I mean, it, it looked like it was tipped, but it wasn't. I don't know how an NFL kicker could kick a field goal like that. It's, I mean, I know the game's on the line. You know, you've got the pressure to, to give Detroit the first win of the season. But, I mean, he looked like he, he topped a seven iron with uh, and, and scolded across the fairway. I mean, it, the ball barely barely even went higher than the than the crossbar. I mean, looks like looks like Bryson DeChambeau at the Masters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just you know obviously the Detroit Lions. We knew they were going to run the ball. I mean, it seems like that's all they've been able to do all season. I mean, DeAndre Swift is a great running back, but boy, I feel bad for him almost because he is the only thing they've got in Detroit, except for one man who, for some reason, and at the the absolute anguish of me because of my fantasy leagues. TJ Hawkinson, man, where I, I, it just blows my mind how the Detroit lions are in their most winnable game of the year. They're in the game from start to finish. And the prob the top two best player on their team, either Swift or Hawkinson, he doesn't have a single catch the entire game. I just don't understand how that could happen. I mean, He's the be- he's by far their best pass catcher. There's no one even anywhere close, and you can't get him the ball once the entire game. I just the whole game was just a confusing mess, honestly. And and I, I think a, a sixteen to sixteen tie is a very fitting scoreline for that game. Hey, unlike what happened Thanksgiving in '98, at least they did not get the get screw up the overtime coin toss. <laughs> That's true. I mean, we've got something going for us in that game, but I mean, if 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 we're if if our uh, standards are not screwing up the coin toss when it comes to Detroit Lions playoffs games, then our playoff games. Oh my gosh, yeah, no one said that before. Uh, Detroit Lions overtime games, then uh, you know we've got something else coming for us because that, I mean I, that was their best chance to win so far this season. I mean, they had some close games, but you you finally get into overtime. Both teams don't score if a field goal wins it, a safety wins it, any points win it, and neither team can fuck, can find any of them. So, I mean, you know, there's always next week Detroit. I mean, it doesn't seem like – let me bring up their schedule. Who do they got coming up? We got to get these Detroit Lions a win. They've got the Cleveland Browns next week, which they play anywhere, anyway, like they played New England against New England. Maybe Detroit's got a shot there. They've got the Bears after that, the Vikings, the Broncos, the Cardinals, not going to happen, the Falcons, the Seahawks, the Packers. I mean, there's a couple games that they can be competitive there uh, coming up. But, I mean, I don't – I don't. That Sunday was definitely their best shot at a win this season, and it unfortunately didn't turn out. I well. mean, the Lions have found ways of losing or tying games. I mean, the 66-yarder for yeah. – Justin Tucker, the 50-some-odd yarder by Minnesota. Yeah. The Lions, I mean, the Lions might be over. Hey, the Lions already went 0-16 in 2008. Maybe they go 0-16-1 this year. 
Yeah, I mean, I saw some people saying, you know, it would be totally the Lions to be the first team to go 0-16 and 0-17, but now they might be the first team to go 0-16, 0-16-1. I mean, it's I feel bad for Lions fans. I got a couple friends who are Lions fans, and I really do feel bad for them. I mean, I, I think that they were probably celebrating on Sunday. I don't know. I mean, being in a situation where you're winless and you get a tie, I guess that, I mean, it's better than losing, but... I know that they were really hoping for that win. So, I mean, congrats, I guess. Uh, but you didn't lose. I mean, they're undefeated in November. The Detroit Lions are undefeated in November. They had a bye week and a tie. So, congrats to uh, the November Detroit Lions who have not lost a game yet. Yeah, and then, and then watching, maybe they could play the rock and roll music in Cleveland on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's I think I think Detroit has I don't think Detroit's that bad of a football team. I love Dan Campbell. I mean, of course they're a bad football team. I mean, they're not they're they're 08 and 1. They're not a good football team by any means, but they've had they've had their chances. I mean, they've had numerous games like you said those field goals and then lose uh, obviously the tie here on Sunday. I mean, they've been somewhat competitive in a lot of these games. It's just the unluckiness and the way the cards have fallen just to not be able to pull out that win. But, you know, there's, there's a couple, like, like we mentioned earlier, there's a couple winnable games on, maybe not winnable, but I mean, potentially winnable games on that season, on that schedule that, you know, I think Lions fans can be looking forward to, but it's, I, I feel bad for them right now. And, and you know, it's bad coming from a Dolphins fan. When a Dolphins fan feels bad for fans of another team, you know, it's probably a situation you don't want to be in. So, um, you know, I think it's time to move on to our favorite segment of the week. And, uh, you know, there was a game this Sunday that I think a lot of people had pretty high expectations for. Fans of one team were pretty happy. Fans of another team were definitely not happy. Green Bay, Seattle. I I mean, I, I don't know about you, Dylan, but... You think Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, even though Russell Wilson's coming back for an injury, obviously he was cleared to play, so you got to think he's good to go. I mean, you're thinking shootout, if you ask me. And one team was definitely shooting blanks. By the way, the Seattle-Green Bay game was arguably the most anticipated game of Sunday with two, with a Hall of Fame quarterback in Seattle and a Hall of Fame quarterback in Green Bay. And that was one of the ugliest football games I have ever I've seen all year. Yeah. I've I've watched that game thinking, what the I'm not going to finish. <laughs> and, but that was embarrassing. I mean, I know Russell Wilson's coming back from the finger injury. I know Aaron Rodgers is coming back from COVID. But come on, Seattle. What was that? You were coming off a freaking bye. Yeah. You were coming off a freaking bye. Everybody said, look at the snow. Look at the weather. Look at the weather. It was so bad. I'm like, Seattle plays game. Seattle plays in the rain. Haven't you heard it rains in Seattle? Yeah. That was actually better for for an offense because the defense can't get attraction on the snow. I mean, that was embarrassing. You know who you know who Seattle's leading receiver was on Sunday? I do, because I was going to bring it up. A man 
with the amount of weapons that they have on that offense, this is not who you want your leading receiver to be. Why don't you tell the people, Bill? Mr. Gerald Everett with eight catches for 63 yards. You know, uh, dynamic duo, Seattle wide receivers? I do. (laughs) It did not look very dynamic on Sunday with a combined five catches, combined five catches for 49 yards. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett were nowhere to be seen. And I do have to say, I will put a lot of the blame on Russell Wilson for that because I don't know. I mean, the amount of overthrown passes and just missed passes I saw by Russell Wilson on Sunday. And here's the only thing I got to say about this is, yes, Russell Wilson's coming back from an in, uh, from a finger injury. However, Tua played with a finger injury, and he looked a lot better than Russell Wilson looked on Sunday. Granted, it was obviously uh, uh, Russell Wilson had probably a more severe injury, but I mean, if you're cleared to play, you're cleared to play. Tua wasn't even cleared to play as a starter. He had to come in for the back uh, as as a backup to Brissett when he went down with the knee injury. And, and I I would have ta- I'll, I will take Tua's performance on Sunday or Russell Wilson's performance on Sunday any day of the week because it was it was ugly from Seattle. Honestly, Green Bay really didn't even play that great of a game either. And I mean that they're in the snow in Lambeau. I mean that's 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 Green Bay Packer time for you right there, but. I mean, obviously they played enough. Uh, the the defense held Seattle to zero points, but I was definitely excited. You know, I'm just thinking, like you said, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I expected this to be a barn burner, a, a 35 to 28 game, something like that. And I mean, just to see a 17 nothing game, it was it was very disappointing from from a neutral standpoint, and I'm definitely from a Seattle Seahawks fan standpoint. Yeah, thank goodness for AJ Dillon. Otherwise, no fantasy. Owner would have been happy because, I mean, unfortunately, Aaron Jones hurt his knee. But uh, thankfully, it's not as bad as what everyone feared. So maybe he'll be back. Probably not this weekend, but hopefully soon. But A.J. Dillon definitely saved the day, saved the uh, fantasy output in this game with 21 carries, 66 yards on the ground, two rushing touchdowns, and a couple big receptions. So... <laughs> Maybe we need to use A.J. Dillon more because Green Bay is figuring out ways of winning games without playing well. I mean, that Arizona game without Rod, without Adams and Lazard, and I mean, they almost somehow beat Kansas City with Jordan Love under center. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like you said, I mean, I honestly, A.J. Dillon might be, if he's not, I'm sure he's rostered in most leagues, but if he's not, you know that's going to be a, a very high waiver priority uh, claim this week in fantasy. I know, depending, I mean, if you're in a 10-team league, A.J. Dillon might not be rostered. If you're in a 12 or 14, he probably is. But, um, you know, it's just, I mean, Green Bay's sitting at 8-2. Eight, eight and two. I mean, they've got pretty much the reins of the NFC in their, in their grip right now. I mean, uh, we know we Arizona was always was was a contender earlier in the year. I mean, obviously them losing Kyler Murray for a couple of weeks and DeAndre Hopkins for a couple of weeks has has hurt them. I, I think Arizona will be back once they get healthy. I'm sure that they'll be able to turn turn their ship around. Uh, the LA Rams were were definitely one of the favorites in the NFC. Obviously, they've had a rough two weeks, so it's looking like Green Bay and Dallas are right now the two teams in the NFC that are really taking control of things. And if you and if you also look at it, Tampa laid a major stinker against the football team. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, another team who obviously has Super Bowl hopefuls, especially based on last year, the, the reigning champs. I mean, but just, I mean, we're getting into the second half of the season. We're getting into the second half stretch, and this is where it counts. I mean, this is where you solidify those playoff spots. This is where you lock up first-round buys. This is where you lock up home field advantage. I mean, this is where these teams really need to start digging deep and pushing because that, especially in the NFC, because – I mean, the AFC is wide open. I mean, there's there's ten teams in the in the AFC who can who can make the playoffs right now. It seems like, but the NFC, it's 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 a that's a competitive conference, and there's no room for mistakes in that NFC. I mean, you don't want to be playing in Lambeau Field in December or in January. You, I mean, it's it's you coming down to the point where it's like you got to start figuring out what's wrong and fixing it because. I mean, it's it, the playoffs this season, especially in the N- NFC, it's competitive. It's it's maybe the most competitive NFC I've seen in a long time. And uh, this is the time. This is the time these teams really got to start, like I said, digging deep and really making a push because those those early those early season wins are important. They're important to get the, 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 the momentum going and the steam building on your season. But this is where you lock up those playoff spots. This is where it counts. And uh a lot of these NFC teams, obviously, you know, there's nothing you can do about injuries. It, it sucks to see injuries, but I mean, you got it's it's a next man up uh, attitude, and a lot of these teams really seem like they need to uh, figure out who that next man up is and uh, have them start working harder in practice or something because it's it's time to play. It's time to play some football. Yep, and uh, sooner or later it'll be Thanksgiving, and then uh, we'll see the good teams come and the bad teams get bad teams get taken to the woodshed. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I'm excited to see a uh, nice little Miami Dolphins four week uh, four week win starting now. I want to see I want to see the Jets. I want to see the Giants. I want to see the Panthers. I want to see the Jets again. I'll go down. Have Miami have it. I have a 500 record going into Christmas. That's my, uh, <laughs> I had to, sh- I had to throw it in there. We beat the Baltimore Ravens, baby. We haven't talked about it all day. And we, we tried to get a podcast in on it. I wasn't able to do it, but how about them dolphins, baby? I'll raise, I'll raise you one hit. Well, I'll raise you one. Wait a minute. You guys beat the Ravens last week. My Jacks beat the Bills. Yeah. Look at our teams, Dylan. Look at our teams. What are we doing? We're figuring something out. They heard it. They heard us ranting on them every week, and all of a although, sudden, like, oh, we don't want to be on that. Although I am sick and tired of Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry kicking all silly butts. Yeah, Jonathan. Jonathan Taylor's a beast, man. He is incredible. But <laughs> you know, it's it, they the, the Dolphins and Jaguars heard us ranting, and they they're like, you know what? We we gotta we gotta give these guys some. We got we gotta get some wins up for these guys. So shout out to the Dolphins and Jaguars. I mean, obviously. Didn't work out too well for you guys this week. But last week, you had a great victory, and definitely something to hang your hats on for the season, at least. And, um, you know, season's not over. Come on, Miami. Win out. Win out and steal a wild card spot. We got this. (laughs) Yeah. So, good luck to you, uh, Dolphins, against the uh, Jets this weekend. The New York Jets this weekend. And uh, my Jags are facing the uh, 49ers at home. Go Jaguars, baby.